Welcome to Tequila Talks, the podcast that provides a comprehensive understanding of the world of finance and technology today. This show is brought to you by Nova Payment, a mission-critical financial and payments infrastructure provider. I'm Alex Johnson, and I'll be hosting the first episodes, where I'll be talking to industry leaders and delving into the business models of some of the most successful fintechs operating right now across the Americas. And I'm Nicole Kasperson, and I'll hear the human stories and insights behind the headlines that most people miss. Let's do this. Innovation is iterative. FinTech is still dependent on the financial infrastructure that exists, no matter what the country. If we look back, change always looks like it happened very quickly oh, really, and suddenly, yeah. but it is iterative. Mm. And I think if we think about change in a natural progression, we'll make progress. So yeah, crypto had a little bit of a craze and we saw, you know, we saw the next mm. steps play out. But I think there's a huge opportunity in blockchain. In this episode, I am sitting down with Sia Van Sia. She is Chief Brand and Innovation Officer at Connect One Bank. And you know what that means. That makes Sia one of just 4% of female innovation officers in our industry. So Sia is an absolute badass. I'm so excited that she joined the show and we are talking all things Met Gala. I mean, all things embedded finance, of course. Uh, we talk a little fashion, though, you know, to have a little fun. But for the most part, we are fintech girlies. So we are getting into embedded finance, baths you know, the the future of all things fintech. And you don't want to miss it because C is awesome and her insights are invaluable. So be sure to tune in to our super fun and super candid conversation about, okay, we share a little bit about the Met Gala, but mostly just embedded finance and Sia's background. So enjoy. Sia, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. On Humans of Fintech, we are in our matching satin yeah. On this rainy. Bring satin back. Yes. Take that Met Gala. Did- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we are in the appropriate colorway yeah. for Carl. For Carl. I almost spray painted my hair. Fintech meets <laughs> Met Gala. Yes. I mean, that's what Fintech is Femme is all about, is adjacencies. If Fintech had a Met Gala, it would it would be in Williamsburg. Yeah. It's, so, it's very appropriate. It should be. I mean, we'll make we should make it happen. That's like a Fintech is Femme. <laughs> to-do list is have a Met Gala. Girls only. <laughs> I did like the cat, Jared Leto. Oh, was that? I didn't really get it, but. Was Jared, I mean, I saw that Doja Cat was actually in cat face. Yeah, and then he was in like a cat costume, like you take the head off mm-hmm. and like catch him in Times Square, sort of. Wow, I wonder if uh, Carl had any like attachment to cats. Yeah, I don't, I have to dig into that. Yeah, well. Anton said he does. Carl does have attachments to. Oh, we should know that. Okay. We're not real Your fans. We fintech, that. not fashion. <laughs> I swear this is a fintech podcast. Hello. <laughs> um. Anyways, thanks again for joining me. I I do want to start by diving a little into your story and how how did you fall into the fintech space? Was it intentional? I have no idea. Why am I here? Um, so I'll give you I'll give you a little bit of the backstory. I, I'll start in college because that's sort of how I wound up in banking, which is how I wound up here. I started a company with my college roommate mm. and it was an e-commerce site. By the way, like I'm older than most of the fintech bubble and there wasn't even subscription billing software at that time. So I, I think the fintech community will appreciate wow. that fun fact. Like we were 
I'm almost afraid to share what we were doing, but we were trying to hack the e-commerce systems that existed mm. to allow for a subscription business. And I stumbled upon this small bank uh, through a, a friend who said you should open your accounts with a small bank. And a couple months later, someone from the bank reached out and said, hey, you should consider working here. You're so entrepreneurial. They offered both my friend and I an opportunity to interview. And I was like, you know what? I'm a college graduate now. I'm Indian. My Indian parents are like, why don't you have a real job? Or crew bank. <laughs> like you have a college degree. This, this is an equation that doesn't add up. So I took a job at the bank and small community bank at the time, experienced high growth, fastest growing bank in New, Jer in New Jersey, crossed the water, moved into New York City, um, expanded in New York. And I launched the marketing department there, built a team. Wow. At the same time, I was building a network around, at the time, digital banking, right? All things digital. And What year is this? I mean, I started in 2010. Okay. And so I've been with the company for 12 and a half years, which is scary. I started with a 45-person 45, uh, 45 company, $500 million in assets, for those that know banking. <laughs> Today, we're $10 billion in assets, over 500 employees. Yeah. And so I built, I, I built a community of people in the digital space. People, I was just interested in people mm -hmm. who were changing up sort of the way banking was done. That's sort of the genesis on which we were founded. Mm -hmm. um, and so as fintech started to explode, we knew we needed someone in the company who's dedicated to exploring the fintech environment and aligning that with the bank's strategy. Mm -hmm. Right. Not just one offs, but taking a really holistic mm -hmm. approach to what we do and understanding the opportunities that exist. And as the head of brand, I sat at the intersection between input from our clients, input from our employees, input from, you know, I worked yeah. in investor relations. I sort of knew how our shareholders viewed us and what they looked at. And so I could navigate. I had enough of a pulse on what mm -hmm. was going on to go out and, and find scenarios that worked or or unpack what was really interesting. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, and when you first started, how did you, I guess because it was so young at the time, the company, right? And it yeah. was small that it, you had almost this like this entrepreneurial moment with it, right? And and to see its growth. And so you do feel the, almost that like that closeness and that attachment with yeah. the next one. So I think, yes, I, I did start in a really small company. And I think at that time in person was like, the norm. Mm -hmm. And so I was exposed to so many areas of the bank. And when you're smaller, you can really wrap your arms around what the rules are, how different departments mm -hmm. work and how they interact with each other. It's a lot harder to understand that as your company gets bigger because there's just more people, right? There's more bureaucracy. So I think I had one advantage. And then we were a growth company. We've always been a growth company. I can't believe I'm going to quote our CFO, but <laughs> he, he he said the greatest thing once, which is no matter when you joined Connect One or how long you stayed, mm -hmm. growth is a part of your story. Right. You've experienced growth and the company you started at is not the company you like you're experiencing today or what was when you left. And I think, you know, being able to gain that knowledge at a small state mm -hmm. and then be a part of the growth has created so much opportunity. Yeah. Well, I like that story because I think there's, you know, there is no one way or perfect way to get into fintech. And I think that for some reason, there's still this ideology that there is that you have to have a certain degree or that you have to come from a certain background or 
whatever yeah. when the no, reality I got to Stanford no. I didn't I mean and then, by the way fintech and banking were not always so synergistic yeah there was a time where there was there were headlines saying that fintechs would put banks out of business or or I would go to fintech events and people asked people asked if connect one was a data bank because they, they couldn't they didn't understand why like an actual bank was at a fintech yeah, event. yeah. Wow. um and now I think in the past two years we really started and drove more conversation about partnerships, investment opportunities. And I think that'll just accelerate now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, what has it been like, I guess, what stands out to you the most from the evolution? Like seeing you know, a small bank turn into you know a, a bigger one and, and a bigger company and also be there for that digital evolution? Because the last 10 years has been, I haven't been here for the last 10 years, but I can only imagine what it's been like to see the last 10 years happen. Yeah. I think it's exciting. I mean, I I, I don't want to say my job is easy, but mm -hmm. there's never been a better time to be in bank innovation, given everything that's. Oh uh, yeah. And I yeah. think I think we went. It was interesting. I guess I, I never really looked back. Right. This is a good question. But I think there was a time where the banking industry was a little bit of bit resistant mm -hmm. to adoption and change. And part of it was banking could have could be the way it was for a long time, and it, like if banking was more tech forward, mm -hmm. there would be no fintech industry. Mm -hmm. So we sort of needed fintech. Like fintech mm -hmm. taught the banking or, or I would say the traditional finance right. industry because there are other components of finance taught us a lot. And I think what's really exciting is to now sit in a room with fintech founders, bank CTOs and sort of just hash out what the possibilities are. But it, it did take a lot of understanding our own infrastructure, understanding, of course, bank regulation, but not just what the rules are, why they exist. Mm -hmm. Broad trends. You know, we get beat up a lot, but all this regulation exists for a reason. For a reason. I mean, and we're at this point where it's creating content right now is so interesting because every, you know, conference, everything that. I'm doing is is so focused on that back to fundamentals back to basics mm -hmm. that conversation right around okay well the last like year or two was fun remember crypto that was fun uh was <laughs> it fun uh I don't know and then you know and then some other things kind of happened and obviously like the the banking side of our of our industry right now is in this like I don't know almost I don't know what would you say the vibe is right now is it after like like post SVB and things. I feel like I went to three funerals in the past two months, you know, I and it's unfortunate. I, yeah. I, I while yeah. we did compete with some of these banks, it's not good you for our industry. And yeah, I have a lot of respect for the teams there. Mm -hmm. And so it's not it's not good for our industry that we're we're, we're naturally losing banks anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. we, we, we are we have been in a continuous decline of the number of banks in the United States. And part of that is just the increased cost of running a bank ha has led banks to to merge and they're merging faster than they're starting up so it was happening anyway but seeing this at the size of these institutions mm -hmm. it's it's sad and I think I mean obviously as a bank we are being proactive in communication with our clients letting them know that mm -hmm. we're here for them but it's tough I feel bad for what has happened yeah I think it's you know a, a sign of the and I've been saying this a lot to myself and to others, but that 
collaboration is not optional. It's essential. Mm-hmm. It is crazy to me. I was a reporter during the times of, oh, fintech companies are going to take over the banks. Yeah. Oh, robo-advisors are going to make the traditional financial advisor die, you know, or, or go away. And to think things could be so binary is kind of crazy, right? And when when the conversation of our incredibly you know complex financial ecosystem is far more nuanced and complex than just, oh, one's going to go away and one's going to come right. and, and take its place. Right. And I feel like maybe that's also something that we're learning a bit now, right? It's like, well, crypto couldn't come in and just like save the day. Like no one's going to, there's no like silver bullet, if you will. If you Yes. Like. Yeah. I think what we saw, especially at that time and, and the years after was this ideology that mm-hmm. there's a better way to do things. And we're going to, to your point, we're just going to like flip a switch and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not actually how it works, right? Innovation is iterative. Mm. And I had an unpopular opinion for a while, but Mm. in the fintech world, like fintech is still dependent on the financial infrastructure that exists. Yeah. No matter what the country. And Mm. so even if you think it's separate, you're just a little bit further removed, but still dependent on. If we look back, change always looks like it happened very quickly and suddenly, but it is iterative. And I think if we think about change in a natural progression, we'll make progress. So, yeah, crypto had a little bit of a craze and we saw, you know, we saw the next mm-hmm. steps play out. But I think there's a huge opportunity in blockchain. And right. how can we apply that technology to some of the functions of our businesses, no matter what the end, we're exploring how blockchain can benefit bank infrastructure. But I, I read something this morning about Nike. They have... A blockchain. I, th- I want to say it's called Swoosh, but I have to back to that. Um, and they're exploring. How You'd be probably close. Swoosh. Um, yeah. So I think while what we thought crypto was, may- maybe it'll take a while for tokens to gain mm-hmm. that kind of value again. Mm-hmm. But there is progress we can make as a result of everything that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it's I like thinking about it as, you know, it is it's incredibly difficult to to innovate and move forward and be you know all in on the action items if we don't understand the context of what has happened and i like that you say that because there is this idea of that removal right okay well um you know fintech can happen on its own but it's like fintech was this thing designed financial technology came here to help this existing infrastructure and make it more accessible, lower cost for everyone and the whole thing. I mean, now I feel like that maybe conversation is is very popular around like what in what embedded finance can do. Yep. Right. And yeah. so, yeah, from like from your perspective right now, is that something that you're hearing more of? Is that like is the embedded finance conversation interesting right now i have always been interested in (laughs) embedded finance probably more so than banking as a service wait could you tell me the difference between the two like slightly like what is sure so banking as a service is i as a bank am extending a charter and other products and services as a back end Mm -hmm. i'm Mm -hmm. playing a i'm the back end to a neo bank so chime is probably one of the most famous banking as a service plays. Chime does not have its own charter. Right. Chime probably doesn't have its own card bins. It's the front end mm. and the 
bank, and I don't know off the top of my head because it's changed a few times, the bank that backs it is providing the charter, the FJC insurance, um, and probably some other settlement services, payment services. And so that's a banking as a service model. Mm-hmm. Got it. Mm-hmm. Embedded banking is I, as Connect One, want to insert my product or service or a portion of my mm-hmm. products and services in a separate environment for someone to engage with. I don't want to give anything away, but but we're a commercial bank. We're focused on small to mid-sized businesses. So what platforms do our clients use? Where can we show up Mm -hmm. to make that activity a little bit smoother because there's a Mm -hmm. financial tool baked in, but you know you're dealing with Connect One, Mm -hmm. even if it's subtly. I'm not giving the ownership of that process to another platform. Right, right. Okay, got it. Yeah, and I thank you. I think that is important to distinguish because even you know those deeply in the fintech space can i think get the they they, they tend to be synonymous they're like embedded finance slash bass but on the on the embedded let's like go embedded finance side though because i like what you said a lot and i think the banks have this really interesting opportunity of having so much just like data around their clients and users to do exactly what you just said right like where in a user client's life can Connect One or whatever bank be more integrated? Where can a finance solution be integrated that makes their life easier? And, yep. and like I said, I think just banks have that yeah. have that data on users to make that happen. Yeah. And a lot of these things, these concepts exist in a way today, right? Everything's iterative. So mm. technology can definitely fuel it and, and we can solve for some of the pain mm-hmm. um, that exists. So I had to have a surgery three years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And you go you go to the medical office, and if you want to finance that surgery, they have a partner baked into that practice that you can partner with. Mm-hmm. But you have to fill out the other form. So I think the modern version of embedded finance is that same process, but it becomes seamless. Mm-hmm. It's maybe I just scan my 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 thumbprint, and all the yeah. data moves over, and I I can attest to yes, I want that loan. Mm-hmm. Um, and where where else do we do that today where we can add technology? To me, that's the next natural step because we, we already have that adoption. Mm-hmm. Where are you seeing, is there, you know, certain places that you look for the future or certain, yeah, elements of a human's life and kind of lifestyle that's like, ooh, that's where we should. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we all have experiences. We're sort of living in, in a state the world is very digitized, but we mm-hmm. still live in a world where I still have to fill out forms at my doctor's office, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so we're in limbo, but for my job at Connect One, we do focus on that small to mid-sized business mm-hmm. owner. So I really spend time with our clients and understand the tools that they use. And it's it's, it's a really interesting person to get to know because like small business owners are like, a j- jack of all trades you yeah. do everything sort of like Anton uh, <laughs> so um <laughs> I try to understand where there's manual process mm. in their day-to-day or the systems that that they tend to use which which today is a little bit challenging because there's so many options for business owners mm. have you ever seen a particularly interesting small business owner case where you guys came in and were like Let's fix that. And it just like lit up their day or changed their their whole world. You're like, I hope this happens all the time. 
yeah. even if I don't see it. <laughs> from a, like from an, a technology or an embedded finance point yeah. of view? Or, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know that we're there yet. I think we're yeah. exploring opportunities to be there. And part, mm. and part of that is there is a foundational set of technology and infrastructure we have had to have. Mm. And so we've spent a good portion of time laying that foundation to show up for, in, in a technological mm-hmm. point of view. Now, we do have the old school way of mm-hmm. being collecting those referrals or getting that business, but it's not where I think we can be. Okay, yeah. I was about to be like, how long is it going to take for us? It's such a weird question sometimes, right? To like, I'll give you an lot. example of a, yeah. uh, this actually didn't come into fruition yet and that... Mm-hmm. Sort of like speed dating, right? You talk right. about all of these opportunities. Talk <laughs> to a property management company. Yeah. Great platform, sort of makes someone managing an apartment building, makes their lives easier. One connected place. Love the idea. Mm-hmm. And there are payments flying back and forth for different scenarios. So how can we layer in rent secu- we offer rent security accounts? Mm-hmm. How can we layer that into the portal? So the tenant can see their rent security mm-hmm. account. They can see the date. Um, I don't know if you've ever moved apartments, but you're almost always reconciling something yes. like years later. Yes. It's all there. And that's something, you know, that's a product set that we offer today. It's typically sold to the landlord. This allows us to embed that same products mm-hmm. into their solution. Great benefit to us. If it would have worked out, would have been... The next tenant that uses that platform, they'll be offered a Connect One solution. Mm, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. So it's almost like, a, yeah, it adds this like, it's like a weird, naturally, almost like word of mouth type or or just like because something worked out in one capacity. Oh, of course, I want to use it for the use this solution for maybe the next thing or the next thing. And, right. and that's really cool. I mean, looking, obviously, we still have so much work to do here in our own homeland of the U.S. But when we think about some of the more emerging markets out there, is that something that is exciting to you? Of course, if, you know, more so in just for you as a, as a human of fintech, not necessarily sure. in, in regards to Connect One, but feel free to... Connect One's in three states, and I'm happy about that. You're so. like, I love the three states. We're going <laughs> four, you know. <laughs> we got the four states. I mean, good, yeah. Like, you own your own your your locations and your niches but um yeah i mean when you think of just about what the capabilities of embedded finance and what it can do and i guess is it exciting to think about emerging markets yeah like like, like latin america yeah. or that type i i i mean we we're talking about india i love mm-hmm. what latin america is doing i think like just zo- taking a zoomed out view the united states has like we said, there's a there's financial infrastructure that exists mm. here. Mm-hmm. And so there's certain innovation that the restrictions or the upside lead to. And there's certain things that'll be implemented here and, and we love following them and I can explore that for Connect One. Latin America has a different set, and by the way, each country is so unique, has a different set of financial infrastructure. And so to me it's exciting to watch use cases that may not make sense here, may not take off here, mm. play out there and it gives it's it, it makes more sense to launch there and it gives technology use cases a chance to develop and then sort of get a little bit more fully baked and we can explore mm-hmm. what makes sense to bring over to the United States and vice versa. So I think it, it's almost like another breeding ground for yeah. for really cool, awesome companies and technology. 
Yeah. It's funny because I think there's like this idea of doing it the opposite way of like, oh, if it works here in the U.S., we're just going to try to like copy and paste it in another country, which, as we know, is not uh, that does not work. Um, You cannot just do that, everybody. In fact, it almost seems like it would make more sense to do it the other way. Like now that you mentioned it, and I never thought of it like that, but to do like to see what is working in another country and maybe bringing it to the U.S. Or just components of it. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, and also because the U.S. Is, is a bit more of that 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 melting pot, even like culturally, right? So like yep. um, you kind of have more, almost opportunity to figure out like culturally what makes sense to embed in someone's life, you know, what finance to embed. I mean, is there, was there anything in particular in, in terms of like use cases in these emerging markets that really stand out to you? I think there's different opportunities that can that have taken off. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about what has happened. So, for example, I think digitization and the movement of money from through the system direct to cash is much more important mm-hmm. there than it is here. Here, mm-hmm. and so there are banks that have embedded with different point of sale systems in stores to like you can go to a store and withdraw from your bank account and i think i think that that's sort of how the system the monetary system cultural system works mm-hmm. there it may work in some markets here in the united states but like we're not as dependent on cash especially mm-hmm. the early adopters of technology mm-hmm. right i mean i mean do you have cash in your wallet or in a no probably? yeah no but but in <laughs> in latin america it, it's adorable there's there's a lot more cash and so i think that sort of changes the dynamic of what you would do and how you yeah. do it. What's interesting is that, you know, what I was saying earlier about like content and, and these conferences we go to being so about being back to fundamentals. It's funny because when you're in a an emerging market or like Latin America, they've been doing fundamental like they're still there. They're still focused on that. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we have a, something to learn or glean. Right. I think that's like kind of almost adding to your point. All right. If only we could see what is what is working there or has worked there, and maybe we can be a little bit more fundamentally sound here instead of just being overly distracted by the next shiny new thing. You know, it's like, okay, well, wait, maybe instead of making things, you know, an, that next big company that's supposed to change the world, maybe we just start with actually, like, fixing some of the things that are actually broken yeah. and, and happening already here. I get torn, right? Because you do need some of that innovation yeah. happen in a separate right. environment. So it's great. And I think I don't, I would never want that to stop. Mm. But you also, I think we've all been in rooms where everyone's just chasing the next trend. And just right. because something's a trend doesn't mean. As we know. Yeah, as we know. <laughs> as, we, as we've seen, just because something's a trend doesn't mean. Although, I mean, to all of those points, the thing is, is that those, those, those trends that we see or you know, of, of any of it, you know, between embedded finance or if you, or crypto or even like even the gamification of investing, which can be used for good. Yeah. You know, and, and we've seen it used for bad. But at the end of the day, like all of it is it's like I feel like kind of what we've been saying this whole time. You do have to go through these inter- iterations and you have to learn. Yeah. And that's how we fintech are here today. Real back to fundamentals. Yeah. Learning. Yeah. Because we had our like rock star moment and now we're all kind of and we learned a lot of things that work and we Mm -hmm. learned a lot that don't work and latin america there's a whole other set of innovation that uh, that's going to teach us things that work work in a certain environment they may things that work there may not work here or things that really just didn't work and why exactly gosh it's so interesting i mean 
I guess coming back to the U.S., before I close this out, I, I'd be curious, when it, in terms of it all, like going to work for Connect One every day, like what is making you the most excited about some of the changes that we are seeing right now in the environment we're in? I'll say today it's ha- it is important for me to like part of my job's communication and it's mm. good to sort of be there for our clients, mm. right? It's it's a challenging time and we're a trusted partner and banks should be a trusted partner and so it's good to like say hey, we're here to support you and restore confidence in our clients. Like I love being around entrepreneurs and I love being around people building mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. and creating that's why I love being around you right and so so I get to do that in the fintech space but I also get to do that with our clients Mm -hmm. and and by the way even our like our team our team is very entrepreneurial and so if I through my my innovation efforts or our team can provide solutions to help our businesses run better that's super exciting to me I love that and we need people we do need more people like yourself I mean you know you're only like one of the few brilliant minds that make up less than 4% of innovation leaders that are really? female. Is it 4%? In, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, That's I like know. not a lot of percent. I know. So there's, you guys could start a club. Yeah. I know. There's like you, I know one other, Danny Fava. I don't even know them all. Yeah. Get on my show, please. <laughs> you know? We're gonna like, I know two of them. That's not good. And I focus on females in FinTech. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, if I don't know that many. You gotta have in touch for the other one. I know. I know. <laughs> so then you guys could start like, a cohort <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah there I mean yeah innovation leaders officers you know that of that in that realm and I mean when you hear that and sitting in your seat how does that I don't know I just I hear all the things you're saying and I'm just like god we need more people in those innovation seats that think like you and and have kind of that you know if if we're like back to the fundamental talk women and people of color we've been on the fundamentals we've been doing this so I just I do think that there's a lot of strength in, in our leadership and, and us being in not just the CEO or the founder, but even in the innovation role at a bigger company is so important. I think there probably are more people than maybe get out there and, mm. you know, I guess I'm fortunate that part of my job is also marketing. and Right. But I do think on the bank side, now their title may not be innovation. Right. I'm really fortunate to have a forward thinking management team. Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, I think that's changing and growing. I think in, in the banking industry, I've been asked a lot about my role and how we shaped it and what I do. Mm. Um, and there, there are innovation committees being formed in different banking groups. So I don't know. Let's talk in six months. I think I think we'll, <laughs> we'll grow that number. And see. And yeah. see. OK. All right. Six months. Uh, and then we'll have you back. I mean, to be fair. The other person I'm talking about, her name is Danny Fava. She's an innovation officer at uh, Investnet. This like this also large, but she, I mean, speaking about carving a place for yourself, she's been on the show too, and she had to carve that role out for herself. She created this innovation role, yeah. Um, and so maybe that's also the message, you yeah. know? Maybe we can see more of that creativity in 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 some other, even if it's traditional spaces or or not, and. That way we have yeah, more. It is it is something you got you have to build yeah. and it's not easy and it's yeah. sometimes painful. Exactly. So you're exactly. by nature disrupting what is or what has been. I know. I remember seeing you at a happy hour once and you were like, I'm not anyone's favorite person. I was like, but you're the innovation officer. She you were like, uh, I have to go tell everyone. <laughs> so they have to change. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I mean, a hell of a communication. Or ask why. Yeah, yeah. I've got to ask why. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a challenging question, yeah. right? People don't love a- answering yeah. that. 
All right. Well, kudos to you. My final question for you is if we need to be the change we wish to see, what change do you wish to see in fintech and how do you embody it? I'm going to sort of go back to something I said, which is I think I think and I think fintech has come a long way and is getting there. I think it's so important to understand the financial infrastructure that exists Mm -hmm. so that you can be effective. Mm -hmm. Right. Rather than trying to fight against and there you can Reactive. fight against you can you can find a better path forward but i do think that it's important to understand the system that exists because that's how you change it right mm. and so i try to embody that by understanding sort of the tech side the opportunities what fintech even when it works doesn't work has taught us and what we can take away from that but also identifying where the traditional banking side has opportunities to change i love that answer no one has said that before on this show so that's good Mm. i love that i love it yes i have some homework to do myself i need to go learn more about the traditional financial infrastructure um but that's also (laughs) don't don't we all and um, it's a great beach read yeah yeah right 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 um (laughs) it's not but you'll fall for it (laughs) oh my god great beach read i can't wait to read it on my on my vacation um anyways thank you so much for joining me yeah this was a ton of fun thanks so much for listening if you enjoyed the show why not pass it on to a friend you think would enjoy it too and be sure to rate us five stars wherever you listen this episode was brought to you by nova payment a mission critical financial and payments infrastructure provider so you don't miss any more fintech stories subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts